This episode is brought to you by Master IEP Coach, Kimberly Charles. If you find yourself dreading your child's upcoming IEP meeting, feeling unsure of your role at the IEP table, or even sensing that your voice is not being heard by the school, Kimberly Charles, Master IEP Coach, can help. As a former educator with over 20 years of experience, Kimberly possesses the expertise needed to navigate the IEP process with you. She will serve as your trusted guide, answering your questions and ensuring your concerns receive the attention they deserve during IEP meetings. Kimberly's vast experience will help address any educational challenges your child may be experiencing. As an IEP coach, Kimberly's mission is to foster good communication and positive relationships between parents and their child's IEP team. Together, you will collaborate to explore innovative solutions that effectively meet your child's unique needs. The goal is to empower you, the parent, with the tools and strategies necessary to advocate for your child's education successfully. Don't let the stress and uncertainty surrounding IEP meetings overwhelm and frustrate you. Kimberly can help regardless of where you live in the United States. She offers everyone a free 30-minute consultation. Sometimes that first 30 minutes is all it takes to overcome the problem. If you still need help, Kimberly is extending an exclusive offer for my listeners. If you use the code AUTISMDAD, you'll save 10% off your first consultation package. For more information or to schedule your free 30-minute consultation, visit KimberlyJCharles.com. That's K-I-M-B-E-R-L-Y-J-C-H-A-R-L-E-S.com. Welcome to the Autism Dad Podcast. I'm Rob Gorski. This show is inspired by my own personal journey as a full-time single dad raising three autistic kids. It's all about special needs parenting, the challenges we face every single day, as well as some of the things we have to learn to navigate along the way. This season, we're going to put a major focus on empowering and educating parents. We're going to talk all about building a community of support around your family, the importance of self-care, as well as connecting with services and resources that are vital when it comes to raising a child with special needs. So be sure to check us out at listen.theautismdad.com, subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. On this week's episode of the Autism Dead Podcast, we're going to do something a little different. I had a change of plans at the last minute. I'm going to push off some content to next week or the week after because there are a ton of new listeners and a ton of new followers on social media, and you guys have been asking some really, really good questions. And one of the most common questions that I get from parents has to do with meltdowns. It's so common to get these questions. And, you know, a lot of parents are out there navigating a new diagnosis and trying to understand what meltdowns are for the first time. And so they want to know, like, how do I know the difference between a meltdown and a tantrum? What do I do in the moment when my child is having a meltdown? And then what can I do to help them avoid them in the future? These are all really good questions. And the first two parts of that, I have done many, many times on Facebook Lives. So if you go to my Facebook page, and uh, I'll have it linked in the show notes below, I've done a ton of videos at length talking about meltdowns and tantrums and overstimulation and how to navigate them in the moment. and. Uh, you know, what we can do to help avoid overstimulation in the future and, and things like that. And there's a lot of parent insight and feedback in there too. So it's a great resource. So make sure you check that out. What I have not done a lot of is, is really go into how we can help our kids gain the emotional self-regulation skills that they need to avoid the meltdowns in the first place. And the best way that I have found in all the years of doing this is Mightier. Mightier is a program that was designed to use biofeedback-based video games to teach kids emotional self-regulation skills. It's out of Harvard Medical and Boston Children's. It's backed by science. Uh, as at, at this time of recording this part of the episode, 
They've helped over 100,000 kids. And I mean, it just works. And the best way that I can help you understand what Mightier is and why it works is to reshare an interview that I did a couple years ago with Dr. Jason Kahn. This was back during COVID when all the kids were out of school and we were talking about how Mightier can help then. And it's absolutely relevant today. So uh, Dr. Jason Kahn is the chief science officer and co-founder of Mightier. He is a developmental psychologist and a part-time instructor of psychiatry at Boston Children's and Harvard Medical. So he knows what he's talking about. And we had a really good conversation about what Mightier is, the science behind it, and how it's helping kids gain those skills that they need to manage those big emotions, right? So uh, this, again, was an older recording and I cleaned it up, but we're limited by the recording technology at the time. So it doesn't sound like you're probably used to hearing at this point for me, but uh, the information is invaluable and I really think it can help. So I appreciate you guys taking the time to tune in. If you have any questions about this, please reach out and let me know. I'm happy to help in any way that I can. And uh, I also want to remind you that I do have an, an entire detailed review of Mightier on my website at theautismdad.com forward slash Mightier. So you can go there for more information. And I do have a discount code. So if you use the Autism Dad 22, you'll save 10% off of your subscription. So uh, again, I hope this helps, guys. Keep sending your questions. I really appreciate it and enjoy the interview. Uh, and we're back. And today I have uh, Dr. Jason Kahn. He's the co-founder of Mightier, uh, something that I've been using with my youngest for a year and a half. It'll be two years in September, I think, something like that. Uh, thank you, Jason, for taking the time to uh, come on. Well, thanks for having me, Rob. It's great to talk with you again. Yeah, well, yes, it is. It's nice to have, uh, we were just discussing before the show, just all the craziness that's going on in our lives with, uh, COVID lockdown. And, um, my kids are running around and his daughter's running around and we're just sort of going to go see what happens. <laughs> um, so because I know we are sort of on borrowed time here, do, do you, can we just sort of talk about what mightier is? For those yeah, that aren't really. aware of what it is. Yeah. So Mightier is, I mean, Mightier is more than anything a platform to build emotional regulation. So, I mean, a lot of parents are familiar with that idea. But emotional regulation is really the ability to stay calm and collected, even as frustrations and challenges come your way. It's the ability to see right through those challenges as, as time goes by. So for us, you know, I mean, Mightier is a tool that parents can buy and, you know, they buy it comes on a it comes on a tablet they get some coaching support with us with it um and then what kids end up doing is from the kids perspective they end up playing some video games so they play video games uh they teach skill they learn some skills around emotional regulation and then they take them into their everyday lives so basically they, they can use what they learn uh in mightier to hi uh <laughs> this is just how it's gonna go <laughs> that's all right Real life, man. It's the way it yeah, is. Um, my kid, my Emmett has popped in on several occasions and taken over. And yeah. I just stepped to the side and he just talked to whoever I'm talking to <laughs> for a little bit. Um, so basically, uh, they can use the skills that they learn basically playing video games to help them better manage their emotions outside of that, like in everyday yeah. life. 
it is. I, I, I should have been laughing, but we could hear my other child, Sam, who apparently hurt himself in some way. And this is a, such a perfect example, right? Like you had challenges. Uh, sometimes they're cuts and bruises and sometimes they're more emotional or frustrations. And it really is. It's like the ability to take that, whatever that challenge is, um, and, you know, work with it and know how your body is going to react and sort of move through that challenge as it comes your way. And sorry, I'm like laughing now because it's Penny is opening and closing the door behind me. Uh, <laughs> the, you know, there is a, a certain grace and it's such an important skill for every single kid out there. Like this ability to like, it's just part of their, it's part of their success. It's part of success of being a child. Um, it really helps them and it sets them up for success later. So they're not defined by, you know, the frustrations that are going to come their way later in life. What is sort of the science behind Mightier? Like, why does it work? Yeah, I mean, what's cool about Mightier is Mightier actually started in a, in a laboratory at Boston Children's Hospital that was myself and a couple other doctors at the hospital. So a psychiatrist working there, a social worker, um, a neurologist. We all sat together, and I'm a developmental psychologist by training, um, and we're just we were thinking one about what are the fundamental skills that we need to teach children and where are we, where are we failing in our collective practices? Um, and we knew that we knew that kids needed this skill of emotional regulation. And we knew that we weren't, we weren't succeeding in our day-to-day life in providing that skill to kids. What we also knew is that I think we wanted, we wanted to give kids a way to see their emotions. Normally we, as adults, we talk to kids about their emotions an awful lot. And, we wanted kids, we knew if kids could see it, then they could play with it. And when you can play with something, then you can learn about it. And so the, the core idea of Mightier is that for the first time, we let kids see their emotions and their emotional regulation as they're playing video games. And then what they do is they, you know, once they start seeing this skill, they see what works for them. They see what doesn't work for them. They see what's hard for them. And they develop this awareness of their body and their mind. And they start to build almost, it is, it's like a muscle memory. So the same way, like if you go to the gym and you lift weights and you, you know, your body just gets really good at certain movements, um, their body gets really good at handling the challenges that come their way. And we were able to build this, you know, so one, like give the kids these, this window, but then two, we were, we were in an environment that really valued our ability to prove that it works. And so we were able to do, um, what are known as randomized control trials, but really, but really get down and go deep into not only like, you know, does Mightier help, but like look at how helpful Mightier is and quantify like where specifically kids are growing skills. And we see, you know, we saw aggressive, we saw aggressive behaviors go down. We saw disruptive behaviors go down. So the types of things that really relate to how a kid, you know, handles and manages those moments of frustration. Um, And then the other part that has always made me very proud as a scientist was we saw that parents' stress went down. So it wasn't just just the child was getting better, um, but our parents were coming back to us and telling us stories, and then we were able to quantify this of how the stress in their life because their child was building these skills had gone down in time with, uh, with playing Mightier. My kids are now currently texting me. Because they're, uh, man, parental stress. I mean, just on the topic of parental stress, that's a huge problem. 
you know, like, um, man, like my life is so stressful with, with three autistic kids. And now we've been locked in the same house for 45 days now, I think. And it, it's just, it's anything that I can do to, to sort of remove unnecessary struggles is helpful mm -hmm. for me. And, and Emmett has been using Mightier, we said a, it'll be two years in September or August, can't remember. Um, and, and he's one who gets very easily frustrated with stuff in life, especially right now, because right now he's got his threshold. It's like he's right teetering on that threshold like all the time. So it doesn't take a whole lot to tip him over the edge. And, and he was just using Mightier the other day. You, you can see that he gets frustrated in the sense that like his heart rate starts to increase, but he, he doesn't throw it across the room, which is good because he was using my phone at the time. And you know, it, it just sort of, he, he sort of feels like, um, I think you're right when you say it gives them a visual look into what they're feeling. Like as he's getting more stressed out or more, maybe, maybe not even stressed out, but you get really intense. Like he gets, really intense with, with games and his heart rate increases, he can see that. So then now he can relate the feeling with a state of being, I guess, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, it makes perfect sense. And I think, you know, you just alluded to it. Like now is a really stressful time for pretty much everyone I know. I mean, there, I mean, it has to be right. Like we are, we as adults have, we're dealing with, unknown health situations. I mean, a lot of people that we all know are dealing with unknown financial situations. Like the, we have overnight, we've all become teachers. Um, we like just like a lot going on and we're, we're not going anywhere, right? We're, we are stuck inside as we, as all this goes on. And that is stressful. Children have a radar for our stress. Like there's, you know, I mean, Kids know what's going on. They can sense. They can sense how we feel. They react to how we feel. And then kids' daily, daily lives has been upended overnight. So whatever they were expecting, um, no matter who they were, whether they were typically developing or if they had special needs, they all of a sudden the rituals of their daily life have just vanished on them. And that, like those rituals, are are really powerful for kids. And they, you know, they come and they kind of they're comforting and knowing what's going to come next. Kids like to feel like they're in control, and it's it's hard right now to feel like they're in control. And you know, I think that that's where, you know, I mean, I've been giving personally, I've been giving just like a really simple advice for parents. I mean, I think first of all is, you know, don't don't overdo it. Don't, don't give into the, you know, don't give into the parent guilt that you're expected to do everything for your child all the time. I think, you know, that that's just going to feed into the situation even more. But I think more than like the other pieces, like, you know, there is as child, as children have lost some of these, this is a time where, where tools like my dear really can help a child. Um, Cause it is, it's focusing on that idea of regulation, which is, then you're going to feed into the child's own feeling like own resilience as they sort of navigate through the challenges that are unique to the times. You know, when you were, when you're saying that it reminds me, my kids go to a school for kids with autism and ADHD and they build the curriculum around martial arts. And, and the, the purpose of that 
is to help the kids learn to gain control over their body, control, help them learn to manage themselves, I guess, if that makes sense. Uh, discipline, and they do it in a fun way. And, and the kids, it, it builds their confidence, makes them feel more in control. And what I've noticed with Emmett, it just seems to me that he feels less powerless, I guess, if, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. he can't control what's going on outside or all around us, but he can control how he feels about it or how he how he reacts to it. And, mm-hmm. and I think that that's, that's helpful for him. And, um, you know, and this, this applies to just, I mean, any kid, right? I mean, this isn't just autistic kids. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think right now, no one has control over what's going on in the outside world. Like that's just not happening. And so for a child, you can, you can have control over your body and you can build that control over your body and you can control, you know, it's not a matter of saying, I think that it's not a matter of trying to shut off your emotions, but it's a matter of like learning how to live with your emotions and live with the, the feelings that you're feeling right now. And, you know, very tangibly to parents, like a child, like can control their reaction, like their emotions, their emotions can take over their body. And you've probably seen this with, with, with your children because it, their emotions can be even bigger with in kids with autism, but they're, their emotions can take over their body. And I think mm-hmm. what a lot of parents don't realize is that sensation is usually very scary to kids. Um, Cause then once again, you've taken away their control, right? It feels like this thing came and not, they can't even control their own body and how they react to that. Mm-hmm. And so it's not some choice that I'm going to throw a tantrum or I'm going to flail or I'm going to hit something. It's a, like a child themselves has, you know, there's a feeling on their end, like they've lost that control. Um, and so as you ramp up the stress like that, like that threshold, it's, it's even more, it's even, it's even more fine. It's more of a fine line. And I've noticed it in my own home, like there's more tantrums, there's more tears. It's, you know, it feels like we're on a finer edge all the time, but really like trying to find ways to hand that control back to the kids. So they don't feel like they're in this situation where their body is actually just going to take over how they act. And that's one of the key goals of what my dear is. It's, it sees, I mean, we, you hinted a little bit at like how the games actually work. And as the heart, as the kid's heart rate rises, those games get harder. And it's really asking the child to opt into a skill, whether it's deep breathing or progressive muscle relaxation, but in the moment they're feeling challenged and really reinforce over and over and over and over again that they have that control, that it is their body. And that even when their emotions flare up, they don't have to hide from their emotions, but they don't have to let their emotions take over their body either. They can learn to sort of coexist. Yes. Like, like with my kids, it's either, it's sort of like they're on or they're off. Like there's very little in between for them. And I've just noticed with Emmett that he seems to, you can see sometimes that it just, it kind of clicks with him, uh, that he, he recognizes that he's starting to, he doesn't like when his heart rate gets above a certain level in the game. So he preemptively settles himself down because <laughs> he, he's <laughs> he, he, like, kind of what we want, right? Yeah, it's like, he, then he's like, more awareness as well. He doesn't even need the skills, which he's, is even better, right? He's yeah, well, he's he's such a smart kid, and and, and so he just sort of he sees it coming. It, but but I've noticed over the last year and a half that I mean, even though we still struggle, especially now, he does apply some of those same things. Like I've seen him when he gets upset with his brother or frustrated with homework or something, he'll just stop and he'll take a deep breath, you know. And I would like to claim credit for that because I've tried for years to instill that in them 
but it took him using mightier and, and, and watching what happens with his biometrics on the screen for it to click. And then it just became, it's like, oh, I understand it now. I mean, he didn't say it like that, but you could just see that he, he connected the two dots. And so he takes deep breaths, which to me is, is like phenomenal. Um, because that's a huge, that's a huge thing for a kid who's, who's struggling emotionally. And, and right now it, it's like, everything is chaos. They can't control that, that they can't leave the house or they can't go to school or they can't go visit their parents or their grandparents or aunts and uncles or who, whoever their friends. And I mean, they, my kids anyways, feel powerless and they feel scared and anxious. And, and I just kind of feel like anything that that helps them develop tools to manage those feelings and to uh, coexist in a healthier way is a positive thing. This episode is brought to you by Social Cipher. I'm really excited to share this great new video game we just played in my house called Ava, and it's created by a company called Social Cipher. Social Cipher's mission is to represent and empower neurodivergent youth by teaching self-advocacy skills and self-confidence through social-emotional learning. This is such a cool game, and it follows Ava, an autistic space pirate, as she navigates her way through social challenges, self-doubt, and connecting with her community. Ava is helping kids in over 220 schools and therapy centers across six countries build the social-emotional skills they need to better navigate everyday life. Social Cypher is excited to share that they've just released a brand new game mode called World Builder. World Builder lets players design and create their own fantasy world while exploring the building blocks of social emotional learning. It's time to design a world with your own creative and adventurous spirit, whether it's building a home, a pirate ship, or anything else you can dream up. For more information, visit socialciphergame.com. That's S O C I A L C I P H E R. GAME.com and use the code the autism dad to get 15% off and start playing today. Yeah, I mean, I think you said it well, right? Everybody's on a journey and there's no end point to that journey. And we all we all start at different places and we're all going, I mean, we're trying to build the same skill, but how we get there and where we're going, it's it's gonna look different for everyone. But that the journey of you know just being, I, I like this thread that we're building, like of being able to coexist better with your emotions and not let them define your reactions to the stress. Like that's important for everyone, mm -hmm. no matter where you start or where you're, like where you are in that journey right now. That's something that every single one of us could get better at, myself included. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that is that that was important before we before we entered lockdown. But man, I mean. I, like you're saying, like it, it is come center stage for us as we've gone as we've gone deeper and deeper into this lockdown. And I, yeah, there's no, there's there's a loss of predictability outside of today is going to be another day that you can't do any of the things that you're used to doing. Um, and and as a parent, it's frustrating because like I feel like we're going to establish this new routine, and by the time we accomplish that goal, we're going to have to rip it up and start over again. Uh so I, I, I am, we are using mightier with Emmett, uh, specifically just because he's, he seems to be the one who struggles a little more with, with that type of thing. I have, uh, a couple of questions from parents that have, um, that, that have reached out and asked me things about mightier. Um, 
when we talk about video games, right? Like there's just this thing that video games just aren't good for kids. Why would you choose to use video games if that were the case? I guess that that's that's something that kind of you know, it's funny, right? Like I think that a lot of us are, I mean, in one way or another, a lot of us agree that video games can teach kids something, right? Like in the sense that if we were worried that they were bad for kids, then we're worried at some level about what a, what a child is going to take away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that in my mind, that that question has always been his weight on me in the sense that like, but it's also really powerful from my perspective, because then it means that. I, as the, as the person with the video games, get to make a choice, which is what is somebody going to take away from the video games um, once they play them? And so, I mean, we know that the tools of video games can be really powerful to get kids to show up and to engage and to play. And that's, that's, a, that's a helpful first step, because if a child isn't going to engage with whatever you're trying to improve, like, they're not going to do it. Like, I mean, you need, you need some context to put that lesson in. So I'm going to capture their attention. Right. Um, but then once they're there, like you as the designer, you get to you get to make choices about what the lessons are in those games. And for us, I mean, this is where I go back to our scientific background, but it's it was so important that we be able to show that Mightier is going to help the children that we put it in front of. So for us, it really was that step of, you know, not only do we is there solid theory behind my dear, but can we demonstrate that these video games that a parent is going to, you know, not only invest their money in, but also put their time in because you've got to choose what you're putting in front of your kid. Um, that it's truly has a, that it, you know, it gives the, their child the best possible shot at improvement. Um, and I think, you know, I mean, I get it as a parent, there's, there's lots of things competing for your child's attention and it's hard to vet them, but you know, for us, like going through that that rigorous process was the key that makes me feel good about putting this game in front of kids. And and the game is actually multiple games. Yes. I don't remember how many there actually are currently. How how many? Twenty eight. Twenty eight. Um, and I will admit to playing. I think it's Rising Sun. Is it Rising uh, Race Sun? the Sun. Race I think the Sun. Race. Yeah. yeah I, I play. I have, we have that on the Xbox as yeah. well. Uh, and I was really surprised to see that on there uh, and how I react to it because it can be, you know, frustrating in later levels for me. It's uh, a hard game. It, it is, is a hard you know, game. And it, but, but I guess it's, it's just cool that it's, it engages even older kids, right? So it's not like sort of rudimentary. These are fun, engaging things that kids would be playing anyways. You've just incorporated this uh, sort of biofeedback thing into it that helps the kids kind of put a face to a name. Right. Right. And that's important for us, right? So we all of the games on Mightier are are games that have some amount of success in other like, you know, they're they're for they're for people. They're not scientist games, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um I I'm a scientist. I'm used to seeing scientist games. Uh they're not very fun. And you know, with Mightier, my personal favorite game is a game called Mini Metro. It is a game where you're in charge of building a city subway um, in various cities of, throughout the world. Um, and it's a puzzle game, and it's fun, and it won a ton of awards. And we were lucky enough to be able to include it on Mightier. Um, and now we get to watch as you build as you build your subway, and the traffic builds up. 
um, how your heart rate changes and then ask children to regulate while they're playing, while they're building subways, doing urban planning. Yeah. My, uh, Emmett loves, um, it's almost sort of like, a like he's been doing like zoo tycoon now, which isn't on there, but the, where, where you're, where you actually have to think and problem solve and stuff like that. He's, he's big into puzzle things. Um, I have parents that will ask, you know, my kid gets very easily frustrated. Well, why do you work for them? I think they envision, um, I've heard like, well, if I, if they are playing on a tablet or something, they're just going to throw it across the room. And I guess that's sort of the point. I mean, not throwing it across the room, but yeah, it, it's yeah, sort I of mean, purpose. I think that the, I think that's one of the, that's one of the amazing things about my dear. We, I remember our, their parents are certainly not alone in that concern. Um, I remember the first sort of external review when I was talking with my dear about other scientists, they, you know, their assumption was the children were going to throw my dear across the room too. Um, sort of happy to say it hasn't really happened. Um, you know, we can count on a, one hand the amount of times it's happened. And, you know, we're now at like 15,000 families uh, using this. So I think, you know, when you sign up for Mightier, and I think a couple things happen. One, you know, the frustrations are, in the scheme of things, they're fairly benign. Um, but to your child, you know, in general, they they appreciate having this device that is theirs. And I think because of that, they, you know, they, they treat it with appropriate respect. And, you know, we see, yes, we are, we are teaching children to navigate through frustration. And we're doing that by, by putting them in front of frustration. But we're fairly transparent about it. I think kids get it. And I think kids value the equipment. And, you know, we, we don't, I completely understand the fear, but, you know, sort of in practice, we, we don't really see it that often. All right. Um, I guess one of the other questions was, you know, a lot of parents have said like, we've tried everything, medication or, or, um, therapies or, you know, whatever they may have tried. Why would mightier work when everything else didn't? Yeah. I mean, mightier is different, right? So mightier, you know, medication, I, my, my thoughts on medication, remember I started my career in a department of psychiatry. I've seen meds help a lot of families. And so I'm, I think that they can be the right tool for a lot of kids. I think our issue with medication has always been that they don't teach skills. And so you can put a child on medication and you can see some behavior change, but the medication by itself is never going to teach the child anything. And that gap is really where Mightier comes in. You know, the difference with therapy is Mightier is something that happens right in your home. It's something that you use. It's something that you have access to. You buy it, it comes to your living room. And so you know, what we're asking families to sign up for is really this, this tool that they can bring into their house, they can do in their living room, from the comfort of their own home, on their own schedule. And we're really proud of the results. We see, we see well above 75% of families report some sort of improvement uh, after playing my ear. It's, it's really amazing. And the ability to just, to just do that and take that on on your own schedule has been really powerful for some of our families. So like self-help kind of. Yeah. You're not at the mercy of uh, a therapy appointment or, or whatever you can. Uh, and I know, right. what, what do you guys recommend? Is it like 45 minutes a week or something like that? 45 minutes a week, not a lot of time. And, you know, I'll say to my therapist friends, like they do amazing work. Like I have a, a, in awe of them, but it is, it is very hard to get access to them. And then I think, um, 
you know, I think as we all know, the, the, the reimbursement situation with, with therapy is a little tricky as well. So, yeah. And, and with Emmett, 45 minutes, uh, I mean, he'll sit down and do 45 minutes a day if, if mm -hmm. I would let him. Uh, and I guess I'd rather him do that than do something that's not, you know, as productive. Sort of building off that point, like, you know, like anything else, like I know, you know, going back to that video game question, like parents wonder about screen time and 45 minutes a week is not a lot in the scheme of things. But I think as we've learned now, like, I think this situation is driving home how there's a lot of different types of screen time. And so trying to find that healthy mix. And I think my dear definitely fits into that side of what is healthy in terms of that mix. Yeah. And, and at, the, at the end of the day, if, if he plays mightier for 45 minutes a day, truthfully, especially during lockdown, I've become much more lenient on screen time just because, you know, survival kind of thing. We all um, have. You know, it, it translates to something positive. I mean, we have fewer meltdowns um, because he's able to sort of catch himself before he gets to that point of, I guess, no return, you know? Uh, to me, I don't see that as negative screen time. I see it as, as productive. It's not mind numbing or something like that. It, it makes him a better version of himself. It's great to hear. I like that word, better version of himself. That's always our goal. Yeah. So it, it is a very, um, it is a positive thing. And to be honest, when I first got it, I did not put a whole lot of faith that it was going to do anything because it just seemed too simple. Um, but I, I'm telling you what, like it is, it's, it, I always tell people it's brilliantly simple and anybody can do it. I, I, I've played with it myself and it's, it's fun as an adult and it does, it, it still helps, you know? Um, I mean, I play with it too, right? I mean, it's, it is, it is fun. I mean, I think that's, that's all we can ask for, right? I mean, there's, I think if it were not fun, like we could make the best intervention in the world. And if it weren't fun, then it wouldn't, it wouldn't mean anything. And it's like, so like, yeah, I mean, I think we, we try very hard to hit that balance of like, it's got to be productive, but it's also got to be, it's got to be simple enough that you can pick it up and you can just enjoy it. Yeah. They're, they're being taught without realizing they're being taught. And, and so that it doesn't become like a chore. It becomes something that they do because they think it's fun, not realizing that they, and he, I don't know that he's consciously doing it, but he's, he applies what he's doing in the games and he does it in situations like with his, if he's getting into a, uh, fight with his brother or like arguing over something i'll see him stop and he'll take a deep breath and there's the one he does like the, the arms crossover mm -hmm. crossing arms over is that like a midline thing or something yeah um yeah i saw him do that the other day and it didn't occur to me what he was doing until uh i was watching him play it's like asteroid whatever and, and it stopped and he had to do this thing and i'm like oh that's where he came from um i can't find a downside myself to it uh it's been very positive for us um what about like nonverbal kids it's a good question but there isn't a lot of verbal cues like so in terms of productive language there's none right so children do not like that part is not expected of them in using my dear um in terms of receptive language there really isn't that much um so what we're asking kids to do is build a sense of their body so really building the like this sense of as their emotions go up, there is a representation of my dear, and we call it we call it going into the red. Mm -hmm. And so, for a child who is nonverbal, they're still going to be able to see it. They're still going to be able to see the cartoon-like monsters that come out. We call them lava wings when they go into the red, 
and they're still going to be re- able to react and select the skill and go into that piece. Um, I think that, you know, for those kids, we are, those kids can definitely still see benefit. I think that, you know, what we would, what we'd say is in those families, like, yes, there's going to be a little bit, you know, for, you know, those children are not, they're not going to explain the loop back to their parents. Um, but they can still, they can still learn from the loop. They can still engage with the loop and still build that automaticity or the muscle memory that they are of what it's like to regulate their emotions. And you may see behavioral changes rather than right. just saying, yeah. Cause like my kids, like Emmett doesn't say, Oh dad, mighty or taught me this. Right. I see it in behavioral changes. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so how does, I guess, how does somebody go about getting started? They just go to Mightier? Yeah, they go to, so we have a website mm-hmm. um, and they really, all they have to do is sign up. We are, you know, we ship out right after you order. So it's, it really is, it's a very quick turnaround and it's, it's subscription based. So it's very low cost to get started. There's a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you don't like it, like, that's fine. Like, you know, it's sort of one of these things where I know my dear is not going to be for everyone, but. I've tried to set it up so that people can give it a try and get started and go from there. And I did, I have noticed since I first started with uh, this, you guys have significantly reduced the paywall uh, mm. to get in. So if you do a yearly package, yes, it's around 25. It's, I think it's $28 a month. Um, if you're just doing a straight up monthly package, it's $40 a month. Um, so it's, it's really is, it's $40 to try it out. What kind of, okay. So how long would parents have to use this to start seeing positive results? That's a really good question. I, I do emphasize that it is a journey and different parts of that journey happen at different times. So the very first time a child turns on Mightier, really what we're looking for is that ability to connect their body and their heart rate and their emotions. Um, and that ability to like realize that all these skills that they've been hearing about, whether that's taking a breath or whatever, it actually does drive their heart rate down. Um, and for a lot of kids, they've actually never connected those two. So that very first day, something is going to happen. Um, and it's, you know, hopefully we get that connection right off the beginning. You know, parents are looking for the behavioral changes in their child. And that usually takes a few, that usually takes a little bit more time. We start to see that between eight and 12 weeks um, as children start to take the lessons from my dear out into their everyday lives is when we start to see that happen. And then, of course, like, you know, you're never... You're never there. You're never done. But what we do notice is that as parents stay on and on and on, we actually get more and more ratings of improvement as kids stay and continue to use Mightier. And these become sort of long-term skills. You know, it's oh, yeah. with like medications. We were talking about meds. You stop taking mm-hmm. the meds, you go back to having the behavioral issues, right? I mean, it's... It, yeah. No, one of our collaborators did this really interesting study where she... You know, three months after the child stopped using my dear, she went and she went to go see how the child was doing or how the children were doing. It was, you know, it was another one of these randomized controlled trials. And what she saw was that for kids after they stopped using my dear, even three months later, a lot of those skills had persisted. Um, and they were still seeing the same, she was still seeing the same types of behaviors as right when they, right when they were had finished using my dear. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of, sticks with them it yeah, kind of goes it, it gives them tools to put in their toolbox yeah kind exactly of, to, to handle stuff is there i guess is there anything else that you would want parents to know or or i mean at this point i feel like we've done a really good job covering what my dear is i mean i think that 
you know, for me, I don't know. My head is my head is still in pandemic mode. So really, it's like mostly on the thank you to parents. Like we are not in an easy boat situation right now, and you know, it is that it's it's one of these like everyday quiet acts of heroism of sitting at home, like trying to figure out how we're going to teach our kids as we mm-hmm. we also work to keep the lights on. And I don't know. I'm continue to be amazed at how everyone in this situation has stepped up and really been amazingly heroic. So, you know, my wife's the teacher. We keep talking about how we want everybody to share their experiences so that we know what's working. Mm-hmm. But um, it's, it's amazing. I have so much respect for everyone out there right now. There was a lot happening and, you know, it wasn't even, it sort of came on all of a sudden. So it wasn't like people had time to really sort of prepare for any of this. It was, this happened and we have to adapt. Um, I appreciate having tools, whether it's this or whether it's with the, the teachers providing um, online you know, emails mm-hmm. with, with uh, things that the kids can do to keep busy um, and stuff like that. So, you know, I guess my, my whole purpose of this was to try and highlight something that parents can use to, uh, to help address situations that might be more intensified because of lockdown. You know, it's a, it's a tool for the toolbox and, you know, you have it to use it when you need it. And, and, you know, you go to something else later on. Um, I like having options. Otherwise I feel like I'm lost. <laughs> so, um, I do appreciate your time. I know that I kept you, uh, longer than what we had talked about, No worries. but I, I, I wish you guys the best. Uh, I hope you guys stay safe and healthy and, uh, you know, thank you for putting something like this together because it does, it made a difference in my life. Uh, and, and Emmett and his brothers would thank you as well. Cause you know, they sort of reap the benefits of everybody else doing better. So it's, it's, it. it's so nice to hear you say that. I mean, we are appreciative of every single one of the families who comes our way and I don't know, I mean, best of luck to you guys. It's always wonderful to talk with you and you know, it's same to you. Just stay healthy, stay safe. Um, and we'll get through this. Absolutely. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Rob. I'll catch you later. Bye. Real quick, before I let you go, I just want to say thank you for tuning in. I I really appreciate it. And I hope you enjoyed this episode and it has a positive impact on your life because that's what I'm aiming for here. As a reminder, you can visit listen.theautismdent.com. You can learn about me and anything related to the show. You can subscribe on any one of your favorite podcast listening apps so you never miss a new episode. And please take a moment and rate us on Apple Podcasts. There'll be a link in the show notes below for you just to click. It'll take you right there. It takes like 30 seconds and it makes a big difference. So it's a great way to support the show and uh, help keep the wheels turning. So have a great week and we'll talk soon.